coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> Welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast. This is your host, Zombie Joe. Tonight's episode is number 28, and it is musician horror. And I'm going to be talking about 2022's Foo Fighter Horror Special, Studio 666. So the the Muso episode has been a long time coming. I wanted to do this quite a while back because of just the different rock musicians that have done cameos in horror films. Uh, since the early 80s uh, into the 90s and then there was a kind of a resurgence in the 2000s but not with rock stars with rap stars and the change in the music industry and and how these stars then started making cameos in horror films like their rock star counterparts in the 80s so um that kind of interests me how that trend was kind of going back then and i wanted to do an episode and i kind of held off and other things kind of took its place and then suddenly studio 666 came up and uh i was like uh wowee that's that's awesome this is this is the one um that i'm going to review for sure and fits in perfectly with what i wanted to do so that's why it gets a guernsey i was very excited when i first heard the news about studio 666 when it came out because uh it had never really been done like band members have done cameos uh in in films or they've played themselves in a film or whatever but they haven't represented the whole band you know it hasn't turned up and uh point Poise today is uh would be um kerry king from slayer does a cameo in this movie but it's not slayer in this movie you know and and so that's kind of what i mean that's kind of how all these movies have been it's the musician has done a cameo or has played a character all themselves but the whole band wasn't involved and it and it wasn't in a location fighting off an entity and it did direct it it didn't affect them directly so this is where the foo fighters have kind of done something extremely unique and one off and and that's why it, it got my interest and hence why we're doing the episode tonight so speaking of the cameos i kind of jotted down all the different ones now off the top of my head i can remember deborah harry from videodrome i can remember david bowie from the hunger uh, and I can remember uh, D. Snyder from uh, Strangelands. That's uh, these are the three. Uh, the thing, Alice Cooper is hands down my favourite cameos out of out of the out of things. So he plays Freddy Krueger's dad in Freddy's Dead, and he plays the memorable role of the satanic kind of possessed hobo in uh, The Prince of Darkness, and. Uh, just that line you know jesus wept like just the way he says it and he delivers in this scene uh i still remember it like it still sticks to me now like and i'm just like wow that, that was just so good um and for me that's my personal favorite cameo out of all the out of the horror kind of lineup out of all these years 
uh, Alice Cooper kind of wins that one uh, hands down. The other kind of um, icons as well that uh, I came up with and, and jotted these down, you got Iggy Pop in The Dead so Don't Die. Ozzy Osbourne uh, it was the preacher in Trick or Treat. Um, and that was that was cool to learn. Uh, Lemmy, uh, I forgot about this one, and and then while researching, I, it reminded me. In uh, Newcomb High, he plays the president. Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, Rob Zombie. Um, so you've got he plays the voice of Doctor Carl in in not Doctor Carl, our beloved Doctor Carl from Triple J, <laughs> but he plays Doctor Carl's voice in Slither. Uh, and uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth um, plays the vessel, Slay's vessel in the Cradle of Fear. I haven't seen that one, so I've jotted it down here and I've reminded myself to check it out later. Um, and Tom Waits as well in uh, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. He plays the uh, familiar uh, that Dracula uh, befriends that's in the tower and he's eating all the bugs and stuff um, and is and assists uh, Dracula in his quest. Then you've got the more modern uh, adaptate, like the rappers st that started. Now, you've got um, Ice-T in Leprechaun in the Hood. That was that was good. You've got Aaliyah from Queen of the Damned, uh, the uh, really good uh, Anne Rice um, vampire and then you have Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection. Please check that one out because this is literally the hover equivalent of Samuel Jackson on Snakes on a Plane. Because <laughs> the famous line of there's too many MFs on this MF plane like is is pretty much it's Buster Rhymes the whole time being chased by Mike Myers. And he's like, yo, fuck. Yo, motherfucker. Like this <laughs> this whole time through the whole movie that's all i remember and him just overacting and it's the the overacting that's to the point where it doesn't piss you off it makes you laugh like and, and it's it, uh, he's probably serious about his acting but the, apart from that it was absolutely hilarious um and so uh, it was quite good in that in that sense, so see, these are the cameos. This is kind of Again, what I'm talking about. You know, with Studio Six Six Six, you got Kerry King doing a cameo from Slayer, and he plays the roadie. So he's not really playing himself from Slayer. He's playing a roadie called Krieg. Uh, uh, yeah, Krieg. Oh, Krug. Krug. Sorry. And uh, I thought that was cool, like the nod to Freddy Cougar in that one. And there's some funny bits where he's kind of like adjusting David Grohl's drum set and like Dave, and it's comedic. He goes, oh, a little bit, an inch to the left, you know. And like Kerry, like Kerry's looking at him going, I'm going to punch you in the fucking head. Like it's, it's just, a, and then he bangs the drum like right near his face and he's, and Kerry's like, oh. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you used to like help your dad or do any kind of yard work or whatever. Uh, when you're a kid and someone was banging the hammer and you always kind of flinched every time they bang the hammer that's kind of what it reminded me of so that was uh that was uh, quite funny uh to watch that uh john carpenter as well uh does the uh surprise kind of cameo in this one and there's a really great um uh bit and i'll add the link to the to the in the show notes of the actual song uh for in the Foo fighters uh that features in this song uh, and it features in the menu music and it's the it's the it's the metal uh song that they produce and it's the possessed one that that david Grohl has to finish 
uh, in the so film. So let's get into the basics and the nitty-gritty of the film now. So directed by B.J. McDowell. Now, he's... McDonald, sorry. He um, he also directed another music kind of narrative piece for Slayer, um, and that was uh, Slayer's uh, Unrepentless Unrepent Killology film. Uh, I haven't checked that one out, so I definitely have written that one down for me to look at. I'm very keen to check that one out. That looks really uh, The writers, now David Grohl wrote the story to this, but he was backed up with two screenplay writers. One is a comedic screenplay writer, and her name is Rebecca Hughes, and so she's done uh, Cat Cracking Up and um, Grounded for Life is the, is the two shows that she's familiar with. I had to check those notes because I have not seen both of those shows, so I'm not 100% how they sit or how funny they are kind of thing. Um, and so we, yeah... Because some of the jokes don't land in this one. Like, it's it's funny, but it, it's not really, you know, you're side-splitting, pissing yourself laughing. And so some of the dialogue I found kind of felt a little bit short. That's the only nitpicky thing that I really have to say about it. But the physical comedy was there, for sure. So the physical comedy and the gore pretty much filled in all the gaps where these kind of... Uh, someone said a lot of inside jokes, and I kind of agree with that. There was kind of inside kind of funny stuff in there. So some of the dialogue kind of fell short uh, for me. And uh, so I don't know really if she's responsible for that side of it, but if you look at Jeff um, uh, Bueller, it almost is like Bueller, so it's spelled B-U-H-L-E-R. Um, he, the screenplays and him writing for such movies as The Midnight Meat Train, uh, he's done the screenplay for Pet Cemetery 2019. He's done the current The Grudge from 2020. And he's also the writer for uh, some of the shorts on ABCs of Death. So this guy, the screenwriting for this horror side of it, you could tell where his traces were through this film. Rebecca, you could see where the humour was in this one here. Uh, the gross to make this movie, because there's no actual price for how much it cost to make... And let's face it, the Foo Fighters make that much money, so this is kind of like a fucking student indie film for them. Uh, the the gross money that they made back was two million nine hundred and ninety nine thousand. We'll flip that upside down. <laughs> six six six. That's I was just like, wow, okay, that's not creepy at all. Uh, love that in my bank account. I don't care how <laughs> like that'd be awesome. But yeah, that's what they made worldwide on this. And and partly, look, it was right in the middle of the Rona. So it's, you know, I'm not, not surprised. It didn't, you know, kick massive, like, financial goals there. But, you know, it is what it is. And it got released down and a lot of people bought it on rental. So a lot of that would have been people buying it on streaming services and stuff like that or or buying their, their physical copy when it came out. Um recently so uh so yeah imdb kind of kicked it in the balls they gave it a five out of ten and the, some some reviews were all right a lot of people went to fucking market on this on this film and that pisses me off because i'm like well you've missed the point of what this whole entire film was supposed to be right and uh anyway is what it is the Adelaide Horror Podcast score for this one was 8 out of 10 because I realised what it was trying to do and I saw the humour of what it was trying to do. 
But at the same time, there was a few things that, you know, I have to knock a point off here and there for, for certain things. And uh, so 8 out of 10 uh, is the thing. But still, if someone's very weak in the stomach, then, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this one. Uh, the runtime for this is an hour and 46 minutes, including credits. Uh, and it's rated R. So there you go. Because of the gore and the blood content in this. So we'll go into the cast now. Now the cast is uh, the Foo Fighters featuring themselves. So David Grohl, Nate, uh, Nate Mandel, Pat Smear, Taylor Hawkins, the late Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace, Rami Jaffe and Chris Shiflett um, make up the Foo Fighters. They're in the, probably they start their first appearance about four minutes into the film. And the start of the actual film, we see um, Jenna Ortega final girl situation where she has uh, she's been attacked by a, another band member off screen rather violently. She's got a pretty decent compound fracture uh, going on on her uh, thigh and she's struggling and she's it's dragging blood through the house as she's crawling to get away from whoever it is and th but she knows who the killer is so yes like a very violent murder she wrote <laughs> at the start is how i could look at it anyway and it probably was like a jessica lansbury standing over her too with a hammer but anyway we won't get into that uh, conspiracy theory <laughs> the uh the other actor mentions uh whitney cummins who plays samantha who is the neighbor uh, in this, you'd know her from Two Broke Girls, and uh, and the stand, and she's a stand-up comic. Uh, Jeff Garland, uh, you know him as J Jeremy Shill in the film. He plays the fictional Foo Fighters manager in this one. You'd know him from The Goldbergs, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he's also a stand-up comic as well. Leslie Grossman is Bob Bob Wilms, and she plays the kind of the real estate agent or sidekick to um, uh, Mr. Shrill, the manager. And you'd know her from American Horror Story. She's done a few roles, reprising roles for the American Horror Story kind of franchise. Um, then you've got Marty Matralis, uh, Matalias, M-A-T-A-L-I-S. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, but it probably isn't, so apologies. He plays the caretaker of the Encino Mansion, uh, and we get his backstory in there. He's done a lot of kind of uh, creepy creature cameos in other TV shows as Evil, Grimm, and also the Piggy Man in American Then you've got Jimmy, Jenny Ortega. Jenna Ortega plays Sky you Willow. You know her recently from the movie X. You know her from the recent Scream. You know her from Babysitters 2. Uh, and you would know her, I think, Killer Queen is what it's called. Babysitters 2, Killer Queen. It was on Netflix. And then yesterday. So yesterday was 2019. It's a fluffy Disney-like family movie. And then 2020 onwards, she's just gone full horror, Final Girl, uh, Scream Queen uh, kind of role and has gone into it hard. So her performances are really good. Like she can either play a really damsel in distress and gets murdered victim or she can go and play the um, kind of hard-nosed, surviving, um, vulnerable girl at the same time. So she does the two roles quite well. 
um, and yet to see X, still want to see it. So you can see the trend between 2020 and now, the change. So I don't know whether that's the agent tapping her on the shoulder going, you've got to lose the Disney shit, or she's kind of going, you know what, I've got to lose the Disney shit. And she's gone to the agent and said, hey, get me into some more horror movies or action movies or whatever, but just get me out of this. Jason Trust is, uh, T-R-O-S, is the tech in... Um, in this film that works with John Carpenter. He appears in Hatchet 3. This is why research is important, because if you can just assume something, like I did, I assumed that he was Cody Carpenter, because I haven't actually seen a picture of Cody Carpenter, and that's John Carpenter's kid. Now, Cody Carpenter is also into music, so I assumed that this was Cody Carpenter, and because he had an eye patch and long hair... He was kind of like, it was a nod to Snake Bliskin from Escape from New York. And wow, could my assumption be any more fucking wrong? Like, when I, when I did the research, I was like, wowee, lucky I didn't lay that haymaker down in the middle of the episode. Everyone would have been hitting the keyboard hard. You know, uh, Zombie Joe. So, yeah. Kids, it's important to research and don't assume. <laughs> like, so that was that was quite funny. It made me chuckle actually, when uh, when I realised what he actually his real name and what he actually does. So there you go. Uh, William Fort is also uh, in this one. You'd know him from McGregor. Like I said, the the cameos in this movie from other artists playing themselves in this one was 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 quite good. So excluding Kerry King, who does play a character called Krug. Uh, you've got Lionel Richie. Now, the Lionel Richie, <laughs> this one cracked me up, um, and then leads straight into a nightmare sequence. So it's it's funny how it's this left-right left hook kind of um, cameo, but it was it was so well done and, and very funny and very comedic how it was timed and how it got delivered. So, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I had a good laugh about it. And then afterwards was the uh, extremely gory nightmare scene that, that kicks off afterwards, which I loved just as much. So that whole, excuse me, that whole kind of two, three minutes that just happens right there is entertaining enough, like, which I thought was great. So, um, yeah. So let's get cracking into the film. So basically it opens up in 1993 in Encino. Uh, I'm not familiar, but I assumed it. I was correct that it was a place in, in California. Um the drummer of the fictional band, like I said, is Ortega. She's trying to get from a, a get away from a uh, stalker that's off screen, and she's dragging her blood through the house. And like I said, she's got a pretty decent compound fracture, and she's dragging herself along. And she's like, "Why we did everything you wanted?" And and then the hammer comes down and just caves her head in off screen. The flashes, how they've done it, like is is really the whole sequence, the bludgeoning sequence, how they cut back to the gore of the bludgeoning and then back to, you know, this kind of credit sequence was so well done. And and the and you see the tape spinning and it was really, really good. And that sudden flash over to the other member that's bold, the musician member, and you see them later on in the film uh, with their whole jaw smashed clean open, all just phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, the special effects team on, on this movie fucking definitely deserve a standing ovation on this one because they went above and beyond with the fake blood the guts the meat the gore 
the dismemberments, the disembowelments. It's, it's fucking phenomenal, like how they did this. Uh, and really, really impressive. Four minute mark, we get the Foo Fighters uh, having a meeting with uh, Mr. Shrill, the, t the manager. He's going off because they're due for their 10th album and they haven't done it yet. And so they uh, get together and they're like, look, he's like, I'll go book into any studio right now down in LA, whatever. Just get it done. Like, yeah, this, is, this is pissing me off. I've got people... I've got money that are due for everybody and you haven't done this. And and so David's like, look, we've been to all these places. It sounds the same. It's all crap. I want to do something different. And he references the Led Zeppelin album where they're going to the country. So he said he's referencing to that. And, and so the uh, Mr. Shrill, the manager's like, well, we do have a place that's like that. And, and so we get the Encino Mansion and that's how we get introduced. And that's how we then get introduced to... Uh, Grossman's character, the the agent, um, uh, Barb Weems, and she's meets them at the at the place and tours them around. And while they're touring around, uh, Grohl kind of falls in love with uh, one of the rooms where the murder at the start of the film is because of the acoustics in this thing. And he goes, "This is the place where we're going to set up and do the song." And we're kind of you know every time it does a clap, you know we get that Exorcist edit where the face suddenly appears in the in the darkness you know screaming rah, and then rah, like and every time he claps and i thought that was a pretty cool nod as well there's a few nods to a lot of horror films in this one here if you pay attention you'll you'll see them um and uh yeah for sure so anyway they set up all the equipment and this is when we get um krug or uh, kerry king kind of being the roadie setting up all the all the stuff as well and we see um also jason frost um and in the background setting up musical equipment as well and this is where we get our first kind of accident uh that the house could have done this uh kind of thing where it takes its first victim. so yeah kind of kind of kicks off from that um and then we meet the neighbor um, as well uh, next door. So there's kind of a love interest that kind of starts off between her and, and Jaffe. And uh, it's quite funny. And then, uh, yeah, we get that kind of funny dream sequence that night from David Grohl. And then uh, we go, and while he's doing that, he kind of walks around the house and he gets to the basement. And this is when he discovers the video, uh, the video, the uh, recording tape and the uh, recording equipment the um kind of 70s 80s recording equipment um and he plays the tape and this is kind of the nod to evil dead that i that i liked as well and you've got the uh dismembered kind of raccoon on the wall so you know a nod to to any people that are a bit squeamish about animal deaths or you know sacrificial kind of um uh, mutilations for animals so there's a bit of a heads up yeah, on that one if you're so. triggered by that there's a bit of a, a warning on that one there's a kind of a dismembered um uh, raccoon pinned to the wall which is a part of the sacrificial kind of thing that they've done and um yeah the whole thing of like fixing the tape and getting the tape started and then the the playing and then um releasing the spirit that then possesses david Grohl is is very evil deadish and uh i kind of dug that kind of nod to, to evil dead as well so that was that was pretty good 
And then uh, he comes back up. He says he's found his kind of, this is the music. He plays the music to the band. The band liked the idea. But this is kind of where he starts, behavior-wise, he starts the change. It's not full-blown possessed growl, but it's it's you see traits like he's becoming more irritable when they can't get the note down properly. I'm not a musician, so when he was saying L sharp, the shit was going straight over my head. So, um, yeah, he, he, they're just saying, how do we play this note? And he's getting frustrated because he can do it, but the others physically can't do it, like, because it's not, it's on a, you know, this dynamic, non-existent level that he's at. And so there's a time lapse, you see this kind of three weeks pass, and they've, they're playing this, this song. Now, this particular song, and I, like I said, I'll do the link to it on, on Spotify, is the song that you play um, on Spotify. It's it's in Latin. The, t the title's in Latin. There's no way I can even fucking attempt to pronounce how to say it. So I'm not going to do it. But, uh, yeah, just follow the link. Get into Spotify. And, you've, and it's a song that goes for 10 minutes and 20 seconds or something. And it is fantastic. So there's a time lapse where we see that they've practiced this song for three weeks, you know, and they've got it. They're jamming, they're doing really well. And and this is where you get the kind of the John Carpenter cameo. He's upstairs on the soundboard. He's mixing it up. You know, it's this massive jam session. And and this is what splits the movie up a bit. So you got the, the comedy, the horror kind of stuff. Not so much horror at this point, but it's it shows you the inner workings of briefly how making a song would look like you know producing and creating and and the struggles that a band like the Foo Fighters when they sit down they you know to try and create a sound that we take advantage of because we're just sitting on our asses and then an advertisement comes up and says hey kids this is the new song and we just put it in our ears and switch off as whether these guys have spent months you know, if not a year, trying to create that song that we instantly fall in love with. So that's that's kind of uh, the appreciation I have with this with this film as well. Um. So yeah. Anyway, because it's been three weeks and they've done this song, the other members of the Foo Fighters are starting to get shitty because he wants to close it, but it's not good enough. And so he starts snapping, and this is kind of when the possession growl starts to come out a little bit more. At this point, at some stage, the neighbor meets up and kind of pulls the Foo Fighters aside and says, look, there's a bit of a history to this house. It's, it's uh, you know, possessed by this situation. Something really bad happened here in the 90s and uh, talks about the, uh, the cursed band and the original guy that was trying to make this band and did some satanic rituals and followed the book of Crowley and kind of summoned all these demons and this is kind of where it all and so that's your back that's your info dump and you get it within about a, a an hour into this so until up until this you know hour and 46 minute movie you get all this kind of sprinkle one once this is kind of unleashed and you've done the info dump the next 40 minutes is just kind of growl going on a rampage uh, at this point and this is where you get all the real blood and gore and murders and and everything is all um full on and um it's it's a fucking it's a ride like i, I tell you it's and it makes it more enjoyable too 
because the, the you could see the members had fun with this. Now, look, these guys are musicians. They're not actors, okay? They're not the greatest actors in the world. The funniest one is probably Pat Smear, who, <laughs> who really just doesn't look like he knows what the fuck is going on most of the time. Like, And, and you're just laughing at it because he's just kind of... You know, it's like you invited grandpa to the party, but like it's, uh, but it's okay. Like if you, if you kind of accept that and you know that this is what these guys were doing, they were getting together and they were having fun. This is how I describe the movie to other people when they say, oh, did you see 666? What did you think of it? And I said, okay, guys, if you're going to watch this, this is goofy as fuck. And just look at this as it's basically Foo Fighters learning how to fly the film clip as a horror film. This is this is pretty much what it is. It's it's Grohl hamming it up. It's the other guys hamming it up, playing along with this horror film, you know, because hey, what what else were they gonna do while Corona was happening? You know, let's just have a bit of fun, throw our money together and do a bit of a project. Anyway, together. look, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it here uh, for that. Um, you gotta enjoy the gore, you're gonna enjoy the laughs in this. It's goofy. At least it's not overacted. It's a good time. It's a good laugh. Man, this is a get your mates together, beer and pizzas, talking shit, watching a horror film. That's exactly what this is. Big old popcorn. Stuff your face. Enjoy it. Switch your mind off from everything else that's happening in the world at the moment and just have a, a good laugh at some big old dumb fun. That's, uh, that's my advice on this one. So, cool. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, a little bit of crypt keeping as well. So it's it's been a month. So it's it's quite a lot of stuff has happened. Oz Comic Con went and been and went. So uh, so that was really really cool. I got to meet Darren from uh, um, Dark Oz. So I managed to get some of his uh, comics as well. So that was pretty cool. I'm very chuffed about that. So I've got this massive backlog of uh, horror comics to read. Um, I have been a fan for quite a long time. So it was good to actually kind of, um, you know, gather some courage and, and go up and approach him and have a chat. And I was really happy that I did. Um, sometimes the, the shyness is a bit too too much for me and I kind of struggle approaching an artist and saying, hey, going, I'm a fan. And that's kind of something I'm working on. So that was really good that I managed to kind of suck it up and uh, uh, get there and, and purchase and support that artist, which is, uh, which is fantastic as well uh in the meantime as well scott um came out with his book uh Skullboy and the leap of faith that finally came as well so that was great so definitely uh check out scott hewitt and his uh new book there as well so that was that was great uh uh also so we've got uh more episodes coming up soon got some more zombie bites on the way as well i'm now on TikTok. So I'm trying to, you know, Grandpa fucking Joe over here is trying to, <laughs> trying to work a TikTok out. Um, yeah, so yeah, boy, where we has, uh, I'm I'm fucking old anyway. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm trying to get it uh, mixed into the thing, and I still refuse to say hip hip words. So I'm not I'm not going to be the aging hipster on TikTok. I refuse to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm having fun anyway. So, yeah, there you go. 
Cool. Anyway, so that was that's Studio Six 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 is a is a definite recommend uh, for that one. You can do streaming services for this. This is pretty much being now shown on all the streaming channels to check this out, or you could go to JB Hi-Fi and buy the physical copy uh, of it. So uh, again, like I said, big old dumb goofy fun. Um, don't overthink it. It's it's fun and it's goofy. So check it out. Anyway. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, stay scary and I'll see you in the crypt. Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> <laughs>